glad you could join us for episode 140 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we return to our analysis of Michelle Lavretta's supernatural drama, Lost Girl, starring Anna Silk, Zoe Palmer, Chris Holden-Reed, and Rachel Scarston. And unlike Firefly, I don't think I could piss you off by leaving somebody out, right? No, we're good. (laughs) They threw (laughs) Michelle Lavretta. Is she even involved with the show still? Uh, Well, she created it. Right. So I figure, yeah. Um, Give her some props there. Yeah. So tonight we're here to discuss episode nine of season five titled 44 Minutes to Save the World. But before we get to that, Wayne and I want to remind you, as always, that we'd love to hear from you via email at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab. You can record your own audio clip, send the MP3 as an attachment or just send us a tweet at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, and we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group and join the discussions there. All right, so I guess I didn't realize, I knew it had been a long time, but right before we went on the air, as you said, it's been a a year since we've been watching Lost Girl. Over a year, yeah. And, you know, some of the details start to get a little fuzzy. Obviously, if you've been following our podcast, you know we've been doing Dark Angel, uh, Firefly, other things, and uh, to be honest, didn't go back and and rewatch the front eight multiple times to get ready for this. But you know, as this episode unfolded, a lot of the stuff comes back. Yeah, I think it was a good. They, they did a good job of okay. It's been a long time since you've seen this show, so we're going to pick up where we left off as far as the action goes. But here's all these reminders about you know what who these people are and what's going on and everything that um, by the end of the episode that I think they had because I didn't go back and watch the the front eight either and so at first it was just like oh okay who was that and uh, what's the deal and, uh, and but, how did that happen right yeah but you know so so we've got eight episodes to close out the series and. You know, again, to be honest, it's a show that uh, I I read one critic refer to it as going off the rails in season (laughs) four. And and I think that's probably a little harsh, Uh, I'm not so sure. But on the one hand, as I'm watching episode nine, I feel like I'm watching a supernatural soap opera. And I guess maybe that's not a bad thing, but I guess we'll see. But yeah, look, that said, I like this episode a lot. Yeah, it's you know it's fun. It was uh, okay. I wouldn't say a lot <laughs> for me, but uh, it, it's still it was it was good to be back with Lost Girl and to be back visiting these characters again. Okay, well before we get into that, uh, one piece of news that I want to bring up and stars upcoming adaptation of Neil Gaiman's fantasy novel American Gods has finally cast its male lead, which was what the holdup has been. British actor Ricky Whittle, who we know as Lincoln in the CW's The Hundred, has been cast in the role of Shadow Moon, an ex-convict who gets released from prison, hired to be the bodyguard of a mysterious con man called Mr. Wednesday. I know I've asked you this before, but have you read it? Nope. Okay. And I just, I've tried twice now. I can't get through it. Oh, okay. It's, it's, but I'm clearly in the minority. Uh, Anybody I talk to, you talk to Michael, he loves it. Yeah. I remember you brought it up a couple times before and i keep thinking that it's something i should read but now i think i know why i haven't read it because every time we talk about it, you mentioned how you haven't gotten through it yet so. right now i'm looking forward to 
watching it, and you know, we'll see what happens. Well, so, j- I ahead. think one thing that's going to happen is Lincoln's days are numbered on the hundred. I guess. Well, you wonder because of the production schedules. Yeah. Uh, you know, who knows? They're, they're not slated to start production until April, which I'm sure the hundred has already wrapped by that point. Um, but just a little bit of background on the story. This Mr. Wednesday appears to be Odin, who's traveling across America to recruit fellow forgotten gods in order to wage a battle against the new American gods that reflect modern society's love of technology like the internet, media, money. Writers and showrunners Brian Fuller and Michael Green have said about Ricky Whittle's casting, we searched every continent and country and all the islands in between for our shadow moon, and we're lucky to have found Ricky, uh, maybe hyperbole there. Fans of the novel find he's every bit of the heart of the character they fell in love with. Now, you know, I know the character a little bit. Doesn't matter. I love Ricky Whittle as an actor. I mean, his Lincoln is just outstanding. Yeah, I just uh, watched uh, last week's episode of uh, The 100. And man, just really like that. You know what I like about The 100 the most? Is that despite the apocalypse, the violent femmes obviously are still valid part of pop culture. What a great song. And, <laughs> and, 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 you know, that scene that you're mentioning when they're out on patrol, I guess what strikes me about that scene is just that they're able to be a bunch of teenagers out for a joyride. Right. And it's just that, that brief moment when they can forget everything around them and be kids. Yep. Yeah. And, and what a great song. Yeah. And, and that's, like such a good teen angst. So like, I mean, the violent femmes was when I was in high school and you know, that was just like to be in a car and singing that song was just like, kind of like this, almost this punk rock experience. And so that scene, like I, I, I was there, I've done that before. I've been in a car with a bunch of teenagers screaming, added up at the top of their lungs. It was awesome. All right. Well, cool. And then finally the production on American gods, has been dependent on the casting of this character, which did take a few months. And with Ricky Whittle cast, it's finally going to begin filming in April. David Slade of Hannibal is going to be taking charge of the pilot. So uh, looking forward to that. But we did get one email this week, and it's from Natalia, who claims she's from a land far away. (laughs) And she says, hi, guys. Love the podcast, particularly the Dark Angel shows. You've just arrived at the episode where I originally thought season two finally got good, which is episode 16. From this point on, the stakes are higher, everything gets creepier, and they tone down the unnecessary humor at the expense of Joshua. I loved the first season when it originally aired and couldn't believe a show like it existed. It was an anomaly for its time. The second season was horrible until episode 16, all thanks to the Max Logan virus thing which is the virus that killed the show, in my opinion. Anyway, I'm not sure if you know this, but there are three novelizations of Dark Angel, a prequel and two books that complete the story of the show. As a spoiler alert, the show ends in a fun way, but the story's left so open-ended it's not even funny. The novelized follow-ups wrap up the story very nicely and kill the lameness of the virus bitch thing. They are a fun read and would have translated very well as a third season. That was a lot of words to just tell you about the books, and I think your podcast is great. Thanks. Uh, And we really appreciate it, Natalia. 
you know, it, it's, hey, now that I'm back reading books again, right. uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, who knows? I certainly would be interested. Of course, we still have five episodes to go to see where they end up taking it. But but yeah, I, I do agree with, uh, and I love her phrase, the virus that killed the show. I'm not sure it killed the show, but obviously you and I have both had a big problem with that as we've been discussing season two. Sure. And yeah, you know, I mean, obviously we're not the only ones that are just really frustrated by this whole virus thing and you know why would you come up with a plot device that keeps your two main characters and love interests away from each other you know like it just like ugh. well i guess you could argue it's optimism that they assumed they would get a season three and maybe a season four beyond that yeah but, but you spend a whole season of pissing people off and then when you piss people off they don't watch your show anymore right yeah no i agree so it's like i mean you know, kudos for, you know, your sticking to an artistic vision, but got to question the, the uh, you know, th- that decision there, you know. Right. Now, now she also says they toned down the unnecessary humor at the expense of Joshua. I hope that doesn't mean we won't see Joshua, just that perhaps he'll become more of an integral part of the team. Right. And I, I think hopefully just not like we, and we've complained about like the, the cheap jokes that they have about dogs and stuff or not cheap, but just. You know, going back to the well all the time with the same type of jokes with him and everything, and not. And I think we saw the last time we saw Joshua, which I can't remember how many episodes ago, but we, I think we saw him becoming a more serious character. You know, despite the though half of it being like the jokes and everything with him getting stoned, but then at the end when uh, you know Max is trying to calm him down and everything, I think that. Uh, became more serious in tone there so right and the recognition that this is what my life is right and i'm gonna have to deal with it so we'll see all right well why don't we get into lost girl it's been quite a while this episode was called 44 minutes to save the world written by sandra chokowska who wrote episode 506 clear eyes fey heart uh two episodes from season three the kenzie scale and adventures in fabie sitting directed by Gail Harvey, who directed two in season two and two in season three. And this one aired originally on Showcase September 6, 2015, and then obviously just now February 1st, 2016 on Sci-Fi US. All right, so we both mentioned at, at the top of the show that a lot of the details were a little fuzzy. We see Mark about to die, or so it would seem, and, and, and it's Cece's mother, who stabbed Mark in episode 508. And then we see that that opening scene where Bo's sitting there with the music box on the floor. And obviously she releases her father, Hades, from Tartarus. And one of the things that as I'm rewatching the episode, she's berating herself for releasing her father. But if she hadn't released him, Mark would die. Right, right, and, and you know the apocalypse kind of would happen too. Well, well, yeah, there is that minor thing, but you know, as we go through the episode and the different reactions, when Dyson, for instance, finds out who it is that actually saved his son's life, I have a little bit of a problem with with that. Eric Roberts as Hades is magnificent. Yeah. I mean, he is such an underknown, underrated actor, in my opinion, and, and and he was just magnificent in this. And really, he is what made this episode for me. Yeah, no question about it. You know, he is obviously just being who he is. He's menacing, but 
on the other hand, he's almost like this kindly father figure type thing. And, you know, it's hard to reconcile those two. He, he goes from being, you know, like he, he shows throughout this concern for Bo and for her well-being. But he shows this immense power when he, you know, he kills Iris. Now, that was that was pretty hardcore. So. Well, but Iris had to die. I well, mean, yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, the, the way he did it, like, I am darkness, and he grabs right. her by the throat and everything, you know, it's like, whoa. Right. Or we could argue Bo killed her, you know? Right. Yeah, Bo turned the hand. Oh, but, and oh, yeah, Bo and Lauren are back together. Yeah. But what the hell? Lauren's Faye now? Yeah, I guess so. Oh. Oh, okay. She's a succubus, well, too, right? Well, it would certainly seem. Got the blue glowy eyes yeah. and, and sucking chi. Why does Zeus want to destroy everything and start over? I mean, that's certainly a question know. that. Well, I mean, you know, she says that because, you know, this world has kind of gotten away from uh, the gods. So she's going to return it to like a more primitive state, I guess, where people were back to worshiping quote unquote gods. They're not really gods, right? They're just really old fae. Right. But, uh, you know, not unlike it sounds the storyline of Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Yeah. Right. I mean, I guess I don't know. Like, like well, well, I mean, the, you know, the the, the storyline right. uh, that that the right. culture has gone too much to false gods. Right. But we get to see Bo working with her father to neutralize the Knicks, and then that whole thing that scene, you know, Bo blaming her father for Kenzie's death since he forced Kenzie's hand, leading her into the portal. I don't know. You know, again. You don't get to say her name. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Well, she's really upset about that. I know. All right. And and then if Bo knows the cell can't hold her father, why go through the charade? Um, Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, hey, I made this impressive cell to lock you up. I know you can't really be locked up in it, but, you know. Right. I just got Uh, a bunch of money anyway. I don't know what to do with it. Well, and he says, but, you know, I want to stay. Well, why make up for lost time poor dyson he's fallen for alicia alicia apparently has fallen for him but it looks like that may not be meant to be and then you know what's gonna happen with mark and dyson's relationship i mean it seems to be going in the right track it's something to keep an eye on yeah because he was all angry at him before right yeah and and now it seems because like when dyson went in to tell him that iris had died i'm like Oh well, now he's just gonna be all pissed off at you again, Dyson. You know, like, but uh, that didn't go that way. Yeah. So we see the opening scene. You know, Bo's sitting on one side of the door, cranking the handle of the music box, while Zeus sits on the other side, telling her that everything she is is because of her father. And then she starts cranking it. We see this white flash, and then a knock on the door, <laughs> and this man on the other side. The end is nigh. Yeah, that was uh postmodernist <laughs> yeah wants to invite her to a prayer circle because the end of the world is coming uh, all right you know at the time it doesn't make sense obviously as we go through the episode it does i guess in a well as you said yeah exactly like in a in a kind of weird breaking the fourth wall-ish type of of way but uh as any kind of like plot reality type thing it doesn't make any sense at all you know but it's kind of funny though it was funny, uh, you know, because in retrospect, we expect Bo's father yes, to be standing there. But right. of course, that's not what happens. And he ends up in a more convenient 
spot because Dyson's son's been stabbed, nearly bleeding to death when Hades, Bo's father, offers Lauren his assistance performing field surgery to save his life. And as we, as Lauren even says, that if we don't do what he's telling us to do, he is going to die. Right? Right. So we're back at his lab, Mark's stable, healing quickly, and then Hades wants his doctor bag back and you know she goes in to get it he follows her into the lab hey you're not supposed to be back here but he notices that stem cell research that she's working on and gives her a suggestion to overcome the problem and you know at this this point Dyson and Bo walk in reveals his true identity but is it his advice that gives Lauren the key or has she already found the key no I I think clearly that uh you know, Hades gave it a little nudge in the right direction because she was stuck, right? Yeah. But by the end, obviously, it seems like she is figured it out. Yeah. And the production of whatever the drug is must have been pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> because I don't right. think a whole lot of time has right. passed right. to when we see Bowen. Uh, well, you know, just like we saw in Child So Then, you know, maybe she just makes the one. <laughs> the, the one, one dose cup. yeah one dose that's a, a you know so but luckily uh, she didn't like drop it down the drain or you know got knocked over or spilled or some other thing like that all right but but the other thing that that we see going on in the fey world is that everybody knows what zeus is really up to and that that he wants to bring about the end of the world tricks dilemma is whether or not to use his blood to write the nicks out of existence because as he says every time i do it something worse ends up happening yeah and then the guy says well what could be worse than the end good point yeah good point Um, well not being able to do it and having your shield stolen back from you might be worse well that's true now he's urged by this other guy to call the council together he offers his staff well we supposed to know who that guy is um I don't know. I, <laughs> I'm like, I just call him the big guy. Yeah. Uh, offers his staff of pestilence, which, you know, stopped the plague many years ago. And, and Trick actually seems excited that, that he will now have that. He produces the Aegis shield made of adamantine, the only element that can hold off the ancients. And we think, okay, sounds good so far. Yeah, but it's so early in the episode. You're like, it's uh, so not going to work. <laughs> exactly. So, so you know what we what we find out the the Nyx, who is the goddess of the night, aka Iris, aka CC. So Iris is Zeus and Hera's daughter, right? And she's yes. inhabiting the body of this teenage girl, Cecilia, whose mother, by the way, is who stabbed Mark right. uh, when uh, he startled her. You just hear this. <laughs> the plot as we're talking about it's just like this oh. crazy oh oh but but then her parents decide to and and i guess it's more zeus than hera but hera went along with it zeus infects her for lack of a better term with the nicks yep. so knowing full well that this is probably going to negatively impact their daughter zeus does it anyway Yep, that's uh, not not good parenting. <laughs> not good parenting. So, uh, so Iris, you know, we see her, and basically her touch basically relegates the person that's touched to ash, 
which is kind of a cool yeah. weapon to yeah. have. It, it ultimately can you know turn the whole world to ash, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, now, I mean, I get the whole feeling abandoned by your parents thing, but you know, Bo summons her father because she needs him. So why are you so pissy about it? Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. we're talking we're talking about the end of the world here. You know, your father can help. In fact, you feel that you need him. But you're going to act that way. I, I mean, I get it, but I don't get it. Well, it's, you know, you're, you're literally making a deal with the devil here, right? Yeah, but she's not a teenager. True. But she's just, she feels that she was forced into this decision and she's just not happy about having to have made it. And while she understands that she did what she had to do, she's not happy about having to do it, you know, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, you know, we, one of the questions we have, you know, how she survived the Nix's touch because it, it just basically went up her hand and, you know, a little past her wrist turned black. And we assume because she's Bo Dennis, right? The, yeah. The, cho- the chosen that's, one. It doesn't and, and really, yeah, they don't really explain that one. Right. But I think we, we don't really need it explained. I think we know. Sure. Um, but what he does make clear to Bo is that the box which contained him could contain the Knicks, which would then, of course, prevent the end of the world from happening. To get rid of the Knicks, though, Iris has to die, and now Bo's faced with another of her many moral dilemmas through five seasons, and she holds out for a while here, but you know, at the end, whether it's, it's Hades that kills Iris or Bo actually turning the crank, I, I guess is irrelevant. And she just she she has she has no choice, right? She has to turn the crank. She has to uh, put the Knicks in the box, and thereby, you know, meaning that Hades is out of the box for good. Well, right, as he says, look, if you use it for the Knicks, you can't use it for me. So a, a choice to be made, and he keeps telling her, no, there is no other way. And she's like, well, there has to be another way. No, there isn't. And finally, she turns the crank, obviously. We get some backstory. We get some clarification. One of the things that, that Hades tells Bo is that you know there are different ways to interpret the truth. But before we get there, we see Zeus telling Hera the fact that Bo released Hades from Tartarus. And with the Knicks unleashed, we have a front row seat to the end of the world. Great line, I thought. Yeah, yeah. Z tells Hera and Tamsin, who they've got uh, tied to a chair, and you, and you wonder. Yeah, why was that again? Do you remember? Uh, I, I don't remember, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I think they're using her as as leverage. But even there, you're wondering. Uh, I wonder if Tamsin could get out of her restraints. I mean, they don't seem all of that, all that. But uh, yeah, I was expecting her to kind of like have the wings flap out and everything, do some some impressive escape. But uh, but but the two of them are fighting with each other while Tamsin sits sitting there tied to the chair, finding it all very humorous, which I thought was pretty cool. Zeus finds out that Hera let someone steal the Aegis shield, which is now in Trick's possession. And, and Tamsin just, again, it's like having the front row seat to, uh, you know, again, Zeus and Hera arguing, and she finds it very humorous. Right. And that was, you know, the these gods squabbling with one another. It was uh, I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but yeah, it was. 
<laughs> yeah. And, you know, we, we mentioned already about Eric Roberts in, in this episode. And while she's not in it a lot, I mean, I mean, she's in it a fair amount. Tamsin has, has clearly become my favorite character in the whole show. There's no question in my mind. I, yeah. I, I love her character. I wish we'd see more of her, but it is what it is. So she's still tied to the chair. And then she starts to raise doubt in Hera regarding her role in Zeus's plans. And and this is basically what the Valkyrie does, right? Mm-hmm. To, to yep. create doubt. And, yep. Yep. And, and we're wondering, okay, is it going to work? And, and we think at this point, because we see that Hera has been drinking the whole time and, and is, is, you know, becoming, I would say, sloppier with her uh, speech, you know, not that she's slurring, but rather saying things she probably shouldn't be saying. So clearly it does work. And we find at the end that, that yes, it absolutely worked. Yeah. And I mean, Hera is just kind of like the conscientious or the conscience, I guess, of, of this little partnership here. But yet, they he did allow this to happen to Iris, right? Like, I mean, it's, they feel bad about it now. I mean, that's they they let that happen. Well, I'm not sure Zeus feels bad, and, and no, and Zeus again, doesn't at all. No, and, and from Greek mythology, we know that Zeus was a philanderer. You know, w- w- certainly with human women, and that Hera, you know, certainly zapped a number of these human women. So that that whole relationship that you know that we know from greek mythology has certainly translated here because apparently he had something going with athena at one point right simply because she had a great rack yeah well you know it, it from greek mythology though i always kind of saw it as hera being like zeus always kind of like walked around in eggshells around hera like just yeah he steps out but you know, like he's deathly afraid of pissing her off you know and so, like, I always saw her as being, like, very strong and kind of in charge of this relationship. But uh, here on Lost Girl, clearly not. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I do like the the blending of the different mythologies that Lost Girl has done through the five seasons. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. We already mentioned Bo's hands black from her encounter with Iris, but she seems to be doing okay otherwise. Lauren suggests feeding to see if it will reverse it, but Bo doesn't really see the point, doesn't, you know, the the... The end doesn't justify the means at this point, risk, reward, whatever. So uh, they don't do that. But getting back to Bo's father saving Mark, we find that it actually became a little bit more complex than the fact of him using his doctor skills, which I found fascinating that that he's a doctor. Right. Uh, yeah. Because like you know, the whole destroyer of worlds but healer type thing so yeah so so we find out that hades mark you know that handprint that we wondered about for so long on Bo, is not only what protected Bo, but it protected mark from iris's touch but that if he goes back to tartarus Bo will be fine because their blood right mark's mark will fade not so much yep so you know there's another good reason so a, a, a moral dilemma for Bo that if she forces him back although uh, apparently mark is a quick healer yeah exactly so once he's healed does that still does that still right is he you know like is he still going to be hurt if hades gets goes back to tartarus after he recovers from the stab wound right which then raises the question as a father if hades stays and his mark 
stays on Mark, his son, isn't that something a father would want? Or is that, as you say, a deal with the devil better not made? But Mark is Dyson's son. Okay. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if you're Dyson... Oh, you said Hades. So you got me confused. Oh, I'm sorry. You know, yeah. So if you're Dyson, don't you want that Mark to stay? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or... <laughs> but let, let, let Hades roam the earth, though, for for your son to survive, though, right? Yeah. Right. So then maybe you just let your son take his chances like, like we all do and, and go from there, which is, I think... If that choice is presented to Dyson, which that's what he would do. But Dyson can also be like, oh, you know, he's, he's not so bad. You know, like he seems like an okay guy. You know, maybe we'll let him go. Yeah. All right. So Trick reluctantly uses his blood to rewrite history well, and try him. He tries to over the Knicks. Going to destroy the world and start a new one. Zeus tells Trick, it's time for us to be seen as the gods that we are. She wants her shield back for one, yeah. <laughs> one thing. <laughs> Give me back the shield. Or I'll hunt down and kill all the fae. Your call. Well, time and time again, we see people making choices that, you know, uh, I'm not saying questionable. I'm just saying that, again, as I said before, like, you know, making these deals with the devil, you know, and everything. And, um, you know, like for Trick to, to go back to writing his blood after he said, it always turns out wrong. I mean, I get it. Um, the end of the world is coming. You're trying to stop the apocalypse, but just because you don't can't imagine what could be worse than that doesn't mean that there's nothing worse than that. Sure. So that even doing something as momentous as writing the Knicks out of existence could bring along something even worse. And who knows, maybe just by his attempt to do it, something, you know, bad is going to uh, come out of it with a, with Zeus here. Well, you know, it's what bothers me about the end scene with, with Lauren and Bo, which I'll get to in a second, but, you know, the whole idea that one man trying to manipulate the future, it never ends well, and you understand why. Yeah. Uh, so we see Hades tell Bo that the box is made just for her, only she can send him back to Tartarus. Oh, and it, oh yeah, Iris is your cousin. Bo and her father neutralize Iris you know the the scene where you were mentioning earlier that he chokes her he's got her up in the air while Bo turns the box's crank drawing out the black mist I I like the fact that they didn't draw that out it was like black mist out into the box close the box good 10 seconds or so right and that this whole thing of like the oncoming apocalypse and having to deal with the Knicks um gets dealt with in a timely fashion too and they didn't stretch out like over like the whole season like yeah and and so we see Bo's arm immediately heal but obviously iris dies as a result and and something that i didn't think about immediately but obviously becomes clear especially to to dyson and and Bo. mark's going to be upset because he had fallen for her sure of course had he fallen for cecilia or right. iris don't so, know. Can't remember. Right. Yeah. So Bo, Hades, Dyson find Iris at Dyson's with Alicia. And and of course Alicia thinks she came there to get clothes for Mark. Dyson's got a confused Alicia on his hands now because Iris has mentioned her husband Kevin. And clearly this is where you're thinking to yourself, ah oh, crap. You know, she seems like a nice girl. 
Dyson likes her. Dyson, you know, can't the guy have some happiness? Yeah, no. It doesn't look like it. No. <laughs> no. All right, so Z has the shield. She got it back from Trick, returns to the apartment. We find out that, you know, Z is the one that put the Knicks in their daughter. And, and we see this again, this this fight between the two about whether or not they actually love their daughter. And she tells Z, you used Iris and then you threw her away. She was our daughter and you threw her away. And I start to think, well, is this a byproduct of the doubt and confusion that Tamsin wrought on her? Maybe. Yeah, well, that's clearly what Zeus thinks. And I, I think it's probably, yeah, that that's, you know, that, that seed of doubt that Tamsin planted. But, you know, the thing is, is it's almost like that has to be there originally. You know, like, like she can't just make Hera start thinking things that he hadn't thought of before, right? Exactly. Like he just has to kind of tap into his own doubts there. Absolutely, right? How much do you love me if you're cheating with these other women? How much do you love our daughter if you put her through this? And, and of course, the end result. Uh, all right, so, you know, we see the scene. She cranks the handle. The Knicks leaves Iris, goes into the box, and Bo's arm returns to normal. And then that, that line that Hades tells her, Bo, you're my blood, my child. I would never do anything to hurt you. I believe him. And and again, his character is one that I'm most interested in following in the, in the next couple episodes. Sure. Um, yeah, I believe him too. I believe that he won't do anything to harm Bo, uh, but I also believe that he would you know destroy the entire world uh, in order to protect Bo or to, to do whatever he wants to do. Like he won't, he'll, he won't hurt Bo, but that that's, basically where his concerns begin and end i think yeah i I guess it becomes more complex because there's no reason for him to want to destroy the world Uh, obviously he prevents zeus and hera from doing it Uh, his return to tartarus obviously complicates things in a in a different way but at this point the nix is gone iris and Cece are both dead and then you see that scene where z is watching the clock because we know that when the clock strikes midnight that's when everything's supposed to happen and nothing happens yeah don't you just hate it when you're all expecting the apocalypse and it's just is just late and the clock strikes 12 and nothing yeah all right so we're back at the lab Bo's watching Dyson tell Mark about Iris. And to her credit, although I don't think she really needed to be the one, she offers to explain to Mark what happened. But Dyson, no, he's my son. And you can see it really hits this boy hard. And then no matter what I do, somebody always gets hurt. Bo tells Lauren, one day I'm going to lose you too. Maybe you don't have to. Right. All right. Well, obviously, we know the end scene, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But even before Lauren says that, maybe you don't have to. I'm thinking, like, come on. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I, 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 Bo, I love you. I love your character. But no matter what I do, somebody always gets hurt. <laughs> come on. You know who you are. You know the world in which you live. Yeah, and we've talked about this before. And Bo you know, sees herself as this. 
uh, defender of the week and everything. Um, and she does it spectacularly. Right, exactly. Uh, but she also feels this really heavy, uh, uh, really overburdening kind of sense of responsibility. And so I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, it's silly that, yeah, bad things happen around you, but you're not making them happen. You're, you're, you're like, you're playing, you know, supernatural whack-a-mole here, you know, like you're, bad things happen to you, but it's not your fault. Bad things happen around you, but again, it's not your fault. You're trying to do the right thing. You're not doing it for selfish reasons or anything like that. You're trying to help people. You're trying to save people. Um, so relax, right? Well, I agree. I, Ease up on yourself a little bit. Well, and, and, you know, and as you're saying that, I'm thinking that, well, you know, I guess on the other hand, if you look at Bo as a military general that understands that he has to send hundreds, if not thousands of young men and women to their deaths as part of the bigger plan, of course, it's going to weigh heavy on you. Sure. And, and granted, it's a, you know, she has a much smaller scale, but I, I guess if that's it, maybe I am being too hard on her. Well, Hades is contained, I'm making air quotes here, in a cell. <laughs> Bo berates him for forcing Kenzie to close the portal. You don't get to say her name. Well, okay, whatever. Doesn't want him in her life. And then that whole I thing about, well, the truth isn't always the truth because she brings up Aoife. How could you keep her in that place? She had the courage to get me out. Uh, Maybe not exactly, honey. Right. And, you know, mentions the whole thing about Aoife being sick, and maybe you want to talk to your grandfather. You know, we knew that that Trick basically gave Aoife away, right? Yeah. Made a deal with Hades, um, and that, you know, Aoife was locked up, but we always thought that it was – Hades keeping Aoife locked up, but you know now Hades says, "Well, I actually pulled her out of that place, but she was just too far gone." Right, and she was trying to come after you, and I couldn't let that happen. Right, and he says, "Sending you away was the only way to keep you safe." And I'm thinking, and I know you're not. Hey, that's the same as Scully and Mulder had to do with William, their son. What spoilers? Well, you're not going to watch it. <laughs> Well, that's in that's in season nine. Come on, that, that, that's that's like, I think the statute of limitations. <laughs> yeah, the statute of limitations definitely up on that one. Yeah, because at this point he would be fifteen. He was an infant then. Okay. And, and as you mentioned earlier, he admits to her that well, we both know the cell can't hold me. So, right. You know, there, there's certain things. Yeah, maybe we're going to talk about this later. But it just just came to my mind that, you know, I, I remember that scene. Uh, I think it was last season where. You know, she kind of remembers uh, herself as a baby, and she, you know, we, she sees from behind uh, Hades holding her and singing to her, and she just kind of like gets this really contented, peaceful look on her face. So, you know, I, I, I tend to think that there's something, as you said before, that, that I, I kind of believe what Hades is laying out there. Yeah. And does she not remember that? Right. I mean, it was a vision right. she had, right? Or right, a, right. A, a memory. So uh, she's too pissed off about Kenzie, I think, to even consider that. And that's understandable. Sure. Well, Tamson has brought Kevin Brown, a.k.a. Hera, back to Lauren's lab, but he's in a coma because he got zapped by a lightning bolt. Sure. Uh, Dyson wants to hold off now telling Alicia that her husband's still alive since they don't know who is going to wake up when he comes out of the coma. Now, is that the real reason? Maybe. Right. 
I mean, yeah, you would think because she's really worried about him. She doesn't know what's happened to him, right? So at least they can say, hey, we found Kevin. He's kind of in a coma. But well, I guess also they're they're trying to uh, – does, does she even know about all this supernatural face stuff? No, you know, because that, that's the scene that, you know, she's, she's like, what the heck is going on, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. when Iris is confronting her and clearly he hasn't told her anything yet. Right. Which, again, is understandable. Yes. So we get to the final scene. Bo and Lauren walking down the street, hand in hand. Bo's still bummed, but, you know, Lauren's just happy to be alive and admits that, hey, you know, we just saved the world. (laughs) It's okay to be happy about that. And Bo tells her that, well, she's nervous because Lauren's standing in the middle of the street and she gets flattened by a truck. So that whole scene is just ludicrous. <laughs> it's just absolutely ridiculous. The whole thing. I mean, I get it. Like it's basically all set up for us to see that Lauren has now is now a succubus and everything. But the whole thing of just like standing in the middle of the road and then the car just comes out and hits you. Like it's just so. And you know, like as she's in the middle of the road. You know she's going to get hit. Yeah, like the whole thing is set up. Obviously, something's going to hit her. I don't know. The whole thing I just thought was just silly. Well, I didn't see it coming the first time. But then it begs the question, did she stand in the middle of the road deliberately to get hit by a vehicle to then show Bo that I have power? Yeah, it just seems like there's much less painful ways of doing that you know well well, that's what i'm thinking you know hey here i I can suck your chi yeah i don't have to be near death to do it right so then that's the big reveal at the end we see the blue glowing eyes you know and at first we see the the chi being sucked and and well we're assuming it's bow but then when you see lauren's eyes we realize that she's doing it of course she lifts her head up as at first we think she's dead Right. But then she just starts sitting upright. And so uh, the recovery begins. It goes back to what I was saying earlier. My problem with this whole storyline, and, and again, we don't know how they're going to handle it in the remaining seven episodes, but you know, the whole idea of Dr. Frankenstein, if you will, creating life, you know, manipulating genetics, whatever, you know, however you want to call it. It never ends well. No, it never ends well. Nor should it end well. Yeah, yeah. And my fear is that they're going to let it end well. (laughs) Right. Like, it's okay to go uh, mucking about with DNA and stuff like that. Well, I don't know. I mean, there's people who think that anyway. So I I don't know if I really have a problem with it per se. It just, like, I don't know. It just seems like that the, as you had said, before I, I don't think I'd use the term off the rails, but just that some of the plot twists that the show takes now are just getting so outlandish that it's almost like like soap opera ish, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I read a book a number of years ago called "What Kind of People Should There Be," and and it basically addressed this very question, and it lays out all right. So as we go in and learn how to manipulate the genetic code, how we learn how to repair genes that are, if we discover the trouble gene that causes, say, something like Down syndrome, 
should we go in while the mother's carrying the child and fix it? Most right. people would say immediately, yes, yes. of, of right. course. If we can go in and manipulate the genes so that this child will have blonde hair and blue eyes, should we do it? Right. Or that and, the kid will be 6'4", right? Exactly. Where does it end? And there is the moral dilemma, and I, I, I don't have the answer. I mean, obviously, it's such a, you know, the first question seems easy, but is it a sl- slippery slope that you go down? It's it's a very slippery slope, and, and I think we've actually talked about this before on, on the show. Because you know what happens when you have like, well, first of all, who's going to be able to have these procedures done where they create these super children, right? Yeah, like the wealthy, you know, is obviously not going to be available to everyone, and so you know what do you have you're creating then the, you know a super aristocracy of super capable super intelligent super you know physically able uh people you know yeah the, the, and the, the the scary thing though Dave is how close we are to all of this stuff uh, absolutely right and we don't have you and I don't have answers to this I don't think people we do because like I mean the science on this is so far ahead of any kind of philosophy or or uh, morality on it that uh, you know we're just no one is really asking the question of like is this really something we should be doing we're right. just doing it yeah you know? right right and just to then you know translate this back into the Fay world as you mentioned did Lauren just create one dose is it permanent she probably doesn't really even know and then like you said okay fine she creates this who controls it. Trick, the Blood King, Bo, the Chosen One. Yeah, yeah, like you said, it's seven episodes. So I don't know if you can remember, but I, you know, so she did make that one dude into a fae already, right? Yes, yes. And then and I know he got killed, but I mean, like, so I'm trying to think, like, what had she not hammered out in her? Or maybe she's just trying to make herself like a succubus or something. I don't know. But he's alive again in the expanse. Who's he in the expanse? He's the uh, y- you know the, the the woman who's the UN person that that yeah. is kind of in charge. Well, the the guy that she oh, continues to yeah, I thought that dude seemed familiar. Yeah, I can't think of the actor's name, but yeah, that's okay. Him. Yeah, so, all right, right. So it is something that she's worked on before, but it'll be interesting. Like I said, to see how this gets handled and. And certainly what effect it has on their relationship. I mean, that's something that I don't think Bo counted on. Well, I, I think, yeah, I think clearly what, what she says, you know, but one day you're, I'm going to have to watch you die. I think she was kind of counting on that, you know, and now it might be like, oh, so you're going to be around a lot longer now. Oh, <laughs> I wasn't expecting this relationship to be long term here. <laughs> Right, and obviously we know that that has been part of the Fey community that that there are Fey human unions. So it's it's certainly not something that hasn't have to have been dealt with by couples before. But like you said, is it something Bo really thought might be a possibility? Yeah, I mean she knows Lauren's brilliant, so right. I, I guess. But the fact is, does she know that Lauren's been working on this? 
Yeah, I don't think she knew that at all, right? Right. It's not as if Bo's going to walk into her lab and look at the whiteboard. Yeah, and say, to, oh, hey, you're missing the little DNA. <laughs> exactly. The way her, right, the way her father did. So. Yeah. Um, and how does he know? I mean, he's down there in Tartarus the whole time. I guess he's been reading a lot. Um, again, the, the, one of the fascinating aspects of that character. Yeah. yeah why a doctor, like you said? Yeah. I'm I just... You know, did he get Wi-Fi down in Tartarus? Like, I mean, he seems like he's pretty knowledgeable on modern, you know, genetics when he's been, you know, down the pit for a long time, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. But, you know, having said all that, I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. I enjoyed getting back into this world and immersing myself in it. I hope we see more of Eric Roberts. I hope we see more of Rachel Scarston, Tamsin. Uh, you know, only seven to go is is like you know we we said we got five dark angel episodes to go seven lost girl to go wow you know the end is kind of in sight as as john says the end is nigh right the end is nigh so all right well anything else you want to add to that one um no okay all right well we want to thank you for joining us tonight we'd love to hear from you about dark angel lost girl now or anything else you think we should be watching like to encourage you to join the Facebook group. And if you're already a member, spread the word. Emails to sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or voicemails via the speak pipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week to discuss Lost Girl Season 5, Episode 10, titled Like Father, Like Daughter. But until then... You know, Dave, with uh, Snowmageddon happening here on the East Coast, you know, like stockpiles are getting pretty low. And even in our house, you know, we got no milk, but five different kinds of mustard. <laughs>